ready to roll anytime? Sure. Okay. It is 1800 on Wednesday, October 5th. Let's call this uh, Aviation Advisory Board meeting to order. Scott. Thank you, Chair. Good evening. My name is Scott Wagner. I'm the Lawrence Airport Manager, and welcome to the October 5th meeting of the Aviation Advisory Board. I just have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. City staff and aviation board members will be in person, uh, and we also online. Virtual participation is allowed for any participant, including staff and the public. Live public comment can be made in person or at City Hall or virtually using the Zoom link. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. If you're on Zoom, please remember to mute yourself uh, during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function of this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. When the chair calls for in-person public comment, individuals should indicate if they wish to speak and staff will direct you to the podium. Individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate that they wish to speak and please state your name before speaking and comments will be limited to three minutes. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to our board chair, Clancy Maloney. Good evening, everybody. Um, I'd like to just make one initial comment before we go into the agenda, and that is this evening our job is to listen to the several presenters we have tonight, and then the, uh, the last thing that we will do before the meeting adjourns is uh, if we get a consent from the board, appoint a committee for um, uh, uh, capital improvement uh, priorities. And there'll be, uh, we'll go into that later. But I guess the first thing we need to do tonight is receive the minutes from the August 3rd meeting and uh, see if there are any corrections or changes to them. Does anybody have any? Okay, do I have a motion to accept? I move to accept the minutes from the previous meeting as written. Okay, Richard, and a second? I'll second. Okay, Jim? Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Okay, thanks, Chris. All right, the minutes are approved. And let's see, back to the correct agenda here. Um, I guess the next item is public comment, right? Correct. So do, is there anybody either here or listening in that has anything they'd like to say at this point? Yes, no? I'm not seeing anyone online. Okay, anybody in here? Speak up. Okay. Yep. We're ready All right. to move on. In that case, we're ready to move on to the agenda items. And the uh, first one is to receive a concept site plan from, uh, I believe it's Doug. Doug and Jim. Doug and Jim. Doug. Who's coming? Who's gonna present? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I believe we all have, uh, we have paperwork here and they'll have Chan Rajapaksa with uh, Dream Aviation. Um, 
We presented this site plan that's, Scott, you got it up on the screen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe a few months ago, uh, CL Mauer uh, and us, we put that plan together uh, a couple months ago. And what we're proposing, I believe there's a few plats there uh, on that side of the uh, airport uh, or the property. We're proposing bring, bring all those plants together for a uh, bigger project that we will be proposing. And uh, we've shared some information with Scott and the team along the way last few months. And the reason for that proposal to combine all the plats, uh, we're going to bring in uh, two big hangars, 40,000 square feet each, uh, separated by a center facility, which will be uh, a terminal uh, or another FBO uh, in junction with Hetrick Air, along with uh, a couple other business projects that will be part of the new operation. The primary function of the two hangars will be aircraft maintenance and aircraft storage, and a couple of secondary Functions will be um, aircraft sales, uh, reconditioning, uh, interior designing, um, as far as uh, exterior paint. And uh, Hetrick Air currently owns uh, Robinson, uh, Robinson Franchise, Robinson Aviations. So we currently have that in Kansas City or a showroom in Kansas City. So we're proposing bringing that to uh, that facility once it's constructed. And part of the uh, Robinson Franchise Agreement is we gotta have a uh, showroom type facility or a space. And we propose a helipad that would be um, used for that operation. And also, I'm not sure, is it First Med or what's that company? Lifestar. Lifestar. Lifestar is currently occupying a hangar we are uh, a city hangar, I believe. We're in conversations with them to bring them to that space as well. If you see to the south, there is a proposed 20,000 square foot facility that would be used for Robinson and uh, Livestar operations. So um, as far as the stages, we, we're proposing uh, starting with a 40,000 square foot to the north facility along with the 10,000 square foot uh, two-story building um, as phase one and goal would be to occupy the 40,000 square foot space for aircraft storage, um, some basic maintenance, interior, uh, uh, interior custom uh, refurbishing as well as uh, exterior paint. And second phase would be to obviously add the 40,000 square foot hangar to it for further um, showroom space and storage space. We've noticed, so we've seen doing, doing some research the last couple of years, there's very, very, uh, there's a huge lack of space for aircraft storage. Um, and we'll believe that these facilities will accommodate that going forward. And uh, we've, have, we've got several clients that are housing their planes in Wichita, Topeka, um, Oklahoma, uh, due to the lack of space. So 
our prediction or our proposal or I guess projection would be to uh, would be seeing those two hangars full within the next couple of years um, for with with aircraft jets. So that's kind of the main purpose of that project. As far as employment and uh, job opportunities, we believe once the project is fully functional, which will be within the next five years, uh, I would say it would employ anywhere from 50 to 75 employees. Um, and we are projecting we will be servicing roughly 20 to 40 aircrafts a month. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important for us to um, replot that property due to the size of the project um, for the expansion and possible future expansion. And Scott, if you want to, we've got a rendering of, of the uh, facilities. Yeah, let me get to that. First page. You mean to stay on the first page, Chan? Yeah, that's uh, that, that's an aerial eagle eye view, <clears throat> say for uh, of the two facilities and the center building. That's going to be a two-story building, uh, which will be the new terminal, office space uh, for Robinson, Hetrick Air. Um, Global Jet Partners, which we mentioned on the last meeting, who we are partnering up with out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And they're also part of a um, charity organization called Wings of Humanity. They provide uh, aircrafts for medical purposes around the country. Uh, from, from the research I've done, uh, I believe they're the only um, charity organization that, that provides aircraft services for mainly sick children to get across the country or different parts of the world for certain medical treatments. So the, the, conver the conversations we have with the owner for Global Jet Partners, once the facility is constructed, he is considering moving his operation from Scottsdale, Arizona to Lawrence, Kansas. So that is in the works as well. Um, the, the parking spots, that We'll be facing the, I guess, southwest side of that main entrance to the airport. And um, what we would like to do is we would start with, and Doug can jump in, uh, probably half of that space during phase one and have this next, uh, the second half prepared for safe t uh, phase two as we develop the project further a couple years down the road. Um, if you can go to the next slide, keep going. So that view is what you would see from the runway, the west side. 
that's the two hangers with the center facility. And if you can keep going down, <clears throat> so that view would be the east side view going or driving into the airport. Um, obviously, we proposed four signs for the main partners that are part of the project. And obviously, there's more space for you know, more partners along the way um, as the project progresses. Uh, if you can keep going down, that's a quick 3D you know, rendering we put together, what it would look like from the front, uh, face, or the east side facing the road, and the west side facing the runway. The second story, we want to have a walkout balcony type setting for the restaurant. Um, I think people would enjoy the view. I know I would. <laughs> and then we got some space downstairs uh, on the main floor for outside seating as well. And the next slide down is kind of another 3D view from further out. So that's pretty much the proposed project. First time being up here, so any, is there any questions or anything like that? Jim. Yes, have, yeah. I'm just going to add a few things. Uh, I'm Doug Compton um, with Hedrick Air, and Lloyd is here as well. Um, so probably one of the big questions is, you know, why, why are we doing this? Um, I'm just going to give you some examples. Um, right now, you cannot find hangar space within 100-mile radius of Lawrence, Kansas. There's no hangar space in Kansas City. We get calls every month, every week for hangar space. We don't, there's no hangar space available. That's number one. Um, number two, we currently operate out of Hetrick Air right now. Um, we have two King Air turboprops, nine passenger um, aircraft, and we operate two jets, a Sovereign Citation that holds 10 people and a Hawker jet that holds eight people. Um, just to get maintenance done right now, we've had a Hawker at Denver Jet Center for two months now. Um, it's six to 12 months out to get scheduled for any kind of maintenance on an aircraft right now. So we've had one jet set in, in Denver Jet for two months that we've waited for six months for a spot to get it in. We have an, our second jet going to West Star in St. Louis um, in November, I think, in January. And we've been on the list for eight months to get into West Star in St. Louis. So, um, we feel that there, that's an untapped market. We feel like that um, where Lawrence, Kansas is based, based on the amount of aircraft that are now um, in the Kansas City, Topeka area, we've even had calls from Wichita um, about moving aircraft to Lawrence, Kansas. So the demands there, um, we would be filling a need or a gap in the market right now that's, that's uh, overwhelmed that um, from, a, from a maintenance standpoint, from a paint repair, interior maintenance. Um, and so, you know, we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be providing all those needs that right now are not being met because um, there's just not enough shops and not enough hangar space to do it. So, um, 
we're going to be asking the city um, for some assistance in this project. Um, I'm not sure how much that detail we need to go into tonight, but obviously we're going to need that the taxiway extended Scott out front, um, which when we were in here a year or so ago with the proposed second hangar, um, we were already in discussions with the city about budgeting money for that taxiway. Also, we're going to need to double the length of that taxiway now. Like Chen mentioned, there's right now five lots, I believe, um, on that area south of the hangar that I built a couple years ago. We'd need that replatted into one lot. Um, you know, we're probably going to bring somewhere between 40 and 60 employees once we're up in full operation within the first 24 to 36 months. So by bringing 40 to 60 employees here, bringing the aircraft sales here, bringing um, dozens of aircraft a year for maintenance, repairs, interior and paint, um, we're going to ask the city for some incentives on tax abatements and stuff like that. Um, which I assume we'll address that with city staff and when we come to the city, but I'm just putting at the, at that out there now, so in case anybody wants to ask that question. Um, Hetrick, nothing's going to change at Hetrick Air. Hetrick Air's name's been there for 35 years. We're keeping Hetrick Air, Air the same. It's going to continue to run its turbine shop that it has been for 35 years. Lloyd's still going to do what he's done for 35 years and that's manage the FBO and manage a turbine shop, oversee the Robinson helicopters that, that he has specialized in for years, um, and he'll still oversee all the fuel cells. So as Chen mentioned, I mean, if you look in, the, in our proposal, um, Salina FBO right now sells a million gallons a month, a month. We don't even do that in a year. So there's a potential to hopefully double or triple our fuel cells at the airport. Like I said, bring 40, 60 new employees out there. The aircraft sales um, that will happen out there. Um, so that's kind of why we proposed the size of the hangars that we did and the common area space in between them is to accommodate all of the different services that we're going to start offering. But if there's hey. any questions, I'm happy to answer. Rich? Um, one thing Jen just kind of glossed over real quick, but I just caught for a second. He said, talked about a restaurant mm -hmm. being in the upper level in the balcony. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a, a huge change for the mm -hmm. airport because a lot of destination airports, we have a lot of visitors, <clears throat> and that would be a, a big draw. So the parking lot that's in front of it wouldn't be just used for your employees, but they would use for public. They're using the restaurant and absolutely people to fly in. And, and is the plan to have a balcony on the back side of it, not just the street side, but the taxiway side for people to see aircraft coming and going and approaching? I think I think the balcony is on the east side, the taxi side. Okay. Yeah, it's on the east side. side. Okay. So the whole point is, it's kind of like if you've flown in Stillwater, Oklahoma for a basketball or football game. One of the busiest restaurants in Stillwater is at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've traveled to a dozen FBOs in the last six months. Um, some of the most successful ones have a restaurant in their FBOs. Exactly. 
Well, you know, we have people that are destination airports to Miami County because of a restaurant, yeah. Hutch for Steaks or uh, Enrique's in uh, in Oklahoma that I think that would make it, Lawrence a better stop for that. Not that the university isn't a big enough draw already, but yeah. I think that would be good. Um, the second question I had is, with the two phases, do you plan on putting the fire suppression systems in for maintenance on both hangars, or are you going to concentrate that on one and use the other one for storage? No, we'll have to, per city code, we'll have to do fire suppression in both hangars. Okay. for that One might be wet, level? one might be dry. Okay. But it's what code will require us to do. Okay. I mean, the paint and interior shop will require different code requirements than the aircraft storage but they will both have to be yep. our suppression okay doug can you lay out for me the timeline you're you're looking on i mean i know you've got a lot of city approvals to look at in terms of the replatting and whatever else when do you when do you think that'll be done when do you think what do you think the timeline looks like <laughs> well i'm particularly concerned about capital improvement stuff of course well, Scott can find that money. Um, he's already promised me that. So um, we would like to start January 1. Um, I mean, our, our building designs are done. Um, our site plan is done. We promised you all in August when we came down here that we would not go another step forward until we came to you first, showed you what our plans and intentions were. So that this is kind of our mm -hmm. phase one. Um, I think Scott will have to give us uh, a time frame and, and some guidance on a path forward um, as far as being back with you all to get your approval uh -huh. that then your recommendation would go to yeah. hopefully it's a favorable recommendation would go to the city city staff um, we'd go I assume Scott to the Planning Commission for the rezoning um, in the one plat. Um, at the same time, we would follow our application to ask for the incentives that we need for it. Um, how long will all that take? Um, it takes a while. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to be polite. Um, yeah, well, I'm trying to figure out we've been wait how, we've been we, how we move whatever we need to move to do it. We've been trying to get some of the same incentives and permits for the Borders bookstore building since about February, and this is October, so um, it takes a while. So what's the timeline? Let's, let's just say we're, we're saying that everything happens and you can start January 1st. What happens first and what happens second? I can read the phasing, but what would you do first and what would, what would the city need to do first in order to accommodate you? Well, the, the easy thing I think will be with the city will be following the site plan and going through that process. When you ask for incentives from the city, you have to go through the but-for process, mm -hmm. and that takes time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... a on a good year, that's a four or five month process. Because you gotta, you gotta fill your application out, they send it to the consultant. Consultant then takes 30 days before they sign off on it, goes back to the city, and the city votes to accept the proposal. And if they vote to accept the proposal, then you have to go to the school district, and you have to go to the county commission, and then you have to come back to the city commission. 
We hope all that process can be happened simultaneously. You know, right now to get still, it's, it used to be 90 days. Now it's eight to 12 months to get still. Um, we'd like to think that we're getting some positive responses that, that maybe we could get our still order, you know, and not have to wait until yeah. the end of 12 months to do it. And then now we're another 12 months, you know, before we're mm -hmm. erecting still out there, which puts us 24 months down the road. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think the sooner we can get um, some approval or recommendations from, from this board, um, that, could, that could allow us to, to move the process forward with planning staff on the application process. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just kind of wanted to have, and, and when you do get started, how long will it take? Say for phase one for that first hangar, how long did the what's the build take on that? I mean, obviously there's other stuff that would have to be done to accommodate that by the city. So I can have the first building up in six months. Okay, and then going forward, yes. what about the rest of it? Same thing. The first building would take six months. Well, once that we 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 would we would do all the dirt work at one time. We mm -hmm. do all the dirt gotcha. work, all the utilities at one time. Sure. We would pour the pad for the first hangar first. As soon as it was poured, we'd automatically start on the second one. Hopefully when the steel arrives for hangar number one, when that steel is going up, we're waiting on the steel for the second hangar. Gotcha. Um, I think the immediate need is the hangar rental space is critical right now. I mean, it, the phone calls we're getting on a weekly and a monthly basis, I mean, we can fill that first hangar as fast as we can get it up. Yeah. Well, but what does that do for the business you're talking about in terms of the paint shop and the and the maintenance if, if you fill it up with with well, is that is there a conflict there? There's not a conflict other than we're gonna You have more business you know what to do with Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And but but also at the same time, everybody knows right now with the with the situation on with the labor and, and technicians and all the specialty people we're gonna have to hire you know, that's probably a good thing for us. That gives us, you know, eight to ten months to 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 hire those people. Find them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Doug, we read earlier today about the Topeka Billard Airport getting ready to do expansion of their own as well. Are you aware of this? And if so, can you speak to how that might affect regionally? And this project specifically, I don't know much of the detail about it, but um, I, I'm not really worried about competing against Topeka. I mean, we just have so many things that are are a different draw to Lawrence than Topeka is. I mean, our university. I mean, I'm worried about where we're probably going to park all the jets this weekend for. Yeah. football which i didn't think i'd be saying that three <laughs> months ago but uh, it's interesting though that they are also thinking similarly in expansion yeah. and yeah, attraction I, mean, I think we'll have we've teamed up with global jet who's been doing it for 40 years um and they have operations in other cities so i i think that you know i mean we're not just this isn't something that we're thinking about doing and it's a, the field of dreams will build and they'll come we've been we've spent the last eight months getting the right people and the right team on boards and the right buildings designed. We have flown all over the United States to look at all the other FBOs and hangars so we can make sure that we pick and choose 
what worked best in Lawrence, Kansas. So we're not here tonight to say this is what we want to do, and then we're going to go out and start doing our homework. Um, the reason why it took till October to get back here from August is that's what we've been doing the last two months. We appreciate it. Just a I was just going to ask a question. Um, in that last two months, again, talking about a lot of great things in terms of you know, fuel tax increases and jobs and so on and so forth. So have you done a formal economic impact study as part of your planning for the last two months and what the timing of that would look like and when those municipal benefits would accrue? I mean, we, we've done our research on other FBOs like Salina and places like that, but we'll have to hire a consultant to do that as part of our application process when we go in for the incentives with the city. So the, you mentioned 50 to 75 FTEs and 20 to 40 aircraft per month and you know tripling fuel. So those are just, I guess, educated estimates at this point versus they've been formally. They're educated set. based on me currently owning four airplanes at the airport and seeing how long it takes and how much it costs. Right, but no formal study has, I mean, I'm sure that would be part of the city process to, um, um, to definitively quantify those numbers. But yeah, as we sit here today, it's obviously you're in the industry, you know what you're doing, um, but just not part of a formal study. It's just my only question. Doug, I got two, two real concerns. Um, one, the MRO business right now has got probably one of the biggest labor shortages I've ever seen. Um, erecting what you're talking about would be wildly significant internally in our business. Um, you have a sales staff. I mean, you have tons of people that are going to come along with us, QC people. Like, you're going to have wiring shops. I mean, there's just this massive, it's going to fit in this hangar. But I'm more curious about, are you partnering with another MRO, or are you, is Hetrick going to be that main MRO? Because it's going to be tough to, to launch Hetrick into the MRO business with considerable as you said, Westar, Denver Jet, Duncan, and Yingling all surrounding you. Well, um, that's one of the reasons why we're teaming up with Global Jet. Yeah, so the, one of the advantages of teaming up with Global Jet, um, the owner of that company been in the aircraft sales, FBO, MRO business for the last 40 years. He's developed, bought and sold several FBOs, and he also happens to be the number one independent aircraft sales, runs the sales division in the United States. Um, you know, during our conversations and our meetings with him along with Westar, uh, the relationships that he has established over the years, you know, one of the conversations I witnessed was Westar simply saying, we have, we're turning away a million to two million dollars for the business every month. Once you guys get your project up and running, let us know, we want to partner up with someone like you guys that we know, that, that we've done business with, um, to send that excess business, and, and they would know that the customers would get taken care of. So, you know, going back to a little bit of the Topeka thing, I don't think it's far, I'm not gonna speak for themselves, but, but the relationships that we have, the partnerships that we have established are far greater than just, you know, coming, coming up with the relationships just to have a storage facility. So storage is not our long-term plan whatsoever. That is an immediate need that we see in the market that has been around for several, several years. And I have four jets. I, 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 I've got a deal with the city of Oklahoma where it's in one of the hangars down there in Bartlesville. 
love to have it here because the reposition of one of those jets is, is ridiculous. So it, you know, I know there's more people just like me in our market that own jets that would love to have a convenient space like this. So really MRO uh, business, also what we notice along these last several years, dealing with companies like Westar and uh, TriMac out of Texas. Um, mean they, Arkansas. Mean Arkansas. They, they have a well-established business that they've had for 20, 30 years, but they have no intention of growing it any further. They have too much business of what they can handle. So support that we are going to receive from those people are going to be very, those companies are going to be very instrumental. And we've we witnessed it over the last several months, what they're willing to help us with. I don't think I have any concern on you guys getting business. My concern is getting the Jimmys and the Joes and the Hangar to do the do the work. Day-to-day, yeah. um, I, -day I could tell you everything is short on labor as far as that level of work. And if you get it pulled off, you're going to have a lot of high-paid people moving here, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Um, the second concern I had was paint. We're talking about hawkers and sovereigns. That's a big paint booth. Mm -hmm. Typically, that's its own hangar, and I don't see that in this drawings, is the paint gonna come on as a secondary hanger or a third or fourth hanger, or is this something that you're gonna devise into one of the 40,000 foot hangers? So currently, you know, Doug has a hanger that's hey, about- talking to Mike? Currently, Doug has a hanger that's 20,000 square feet. Um, and we can, uh, we've had conversation with Sherman Williams, which they are willing to assist in setting up the paint booth. And uh, the 20,000 square foot hanger that Doug has we can easily fit a hawker or a sovereign to do a full paint job. So we've discussed, depending on how that business progresses, we could easily divide one of these hangers and dedicate it for paint. And, and I think that's kind of our intent. Yeah. When we designed the first hanger that we built, it's 22,000 square feet. It's 20,000 hanger, 2,000 feet of office space. Um, we designed it to fit um, a Gulfstream, which is the biggest private jet so we kind of designed it to, to build, accommodate that for somebody comes in for a basketball game from the East Coast or West Coast and has a plane that size. So um, we would probably take, not we would, we are gonna take one of those 40,000 foot hangers and a proportion of that will be dedicated just for a paint booth and a paint shop. Okay. Uh, you, to compound that, typically if you go to like the, Provo to go look at Duncan's paint booth. That thing has got an environmental impact. So I'm just curious to see how that will come out of this on what on what that is, because there's a lot to that. There's a lot going on. Yeah, that'll be part of our design process. That, cool. Um, but I will tell you, as far as um, Michael Long with Global Jet, um, we've had two glitches in the last 60 days. We had a jet go down for um, what? I would call minor maintenance, and it was gonna take months to get it in. Michael Long called overnight the maintenance facility in Mena, Arkansas, and they brought three or four of their people drove up that night, worked for three days in our hangar to fix um, the issue. Um, that's how we got our Hawker in Denver Jet right now. They were six months out. Um, we couldn't wait six months. He made one phone call to Denver Jet we were actually able to get our hawker in out there. It's been out there for about 60 days now. Um, but like I said, Westar, 
we've been on their wait list for eight months um, in, in, in St. Louis. Um, so the need is there. I have no doubt to agree with you, yes. Um, and, and, you know, we all know the excitement about the Panasonic plant coming and how many people that's going to bring, and I think we'll benefit a lot from that um, facility going in out there. I mean, you know, we're great proximity to that plant. Um, you know, the downtown airport in Kansas City, nothing against it, but they don't really have any of these facilities over there. They don't have a restaurant over there. Um, they don't have paint facilities over there. Uh, they don't have maintenance facilities over there. Um, and that's really would be our closest competition. I mean, they don't, Johnson County Airport, runway's not long enough to get those big jets in there. So it's not offered over there. Um, Topeka doesn't offer that stuff right now. Um, they do have some 100-year-old hangars over there that if you want to park a very expensive jet in, I think most people would rather have something like this versus what they have to offer right now. Um, so, I mean, I think it's exciting. I think it's the biggest thing that's probably ever going to take place at, at the airport. I think it's good for the city. I, I think it's good for... Uh, I think it's good for uh, the university. It's 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 definitely good for people like Chin's company has four of their own planes. We have four of our own planes. It's immediately able to take care of the needs of those eight airplanes before we even started publicizing outside of Douglas County. Just a quick clarifying question. I do agree. Panasonic is uh, going to be an opportunity what's up and running. I think in the short term, though, from a labor materials perspective, there might be competition uh, from that side of things as they get up and running. Uh, but just on the partnership side, um, you had mentioned, you know, Globe Life said that they would be excited to participate once it gets approval. But then you had also said that partnerships had already been secured. I just just wanted to clarify if, if those partners are on board pending approval or if it's approval pending partnerships. So you're referring to the West Star and, and those Correct. guys? Correct, yeah. So what I meant by partnerships are they're not going to be in part of our business, okay? They are... Um, referrals. Referrals, mainly. They're not actual partners in the business itself. Well, I guess point being, you're mentioning Globe Life, being able to... Global, 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 global Life. Yeah. It's baseball playoff season, so I'm thinking <laughs> of the Rangers ballpark for some reason. <laughs> global Jet, sorry. Um, uh, them being a key part, you know, in that you know, fulfilling. That's okay. Great. That is, Thank you. That's yes. done. Those documents have been signed. So, I mean, now part of that document is we've got... We got to produce. I mean, we've got to build this facility. We got to get the city's approval. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I've got one last question. How does the redevelopment at New Century affect this? I understand that they're doing a lot of expansion at the old Naval Air Station. Well, you also, know, we had a meeting with uh, their airport advisory um, people three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, they were. Try, they were trying to get us to not do this here <laughs> and come there. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they've secured anybody Okay. as of three weeks ago. I hadn't heard anything new. I just knew that they were, they were, yeah. you know, bugling around about they were going to do something. We met with the airport manager personally. Yeah. And he would rather have us there than here. Okay. 
And the, the main development that's happening there is they struggle with, or we all struggle with the hangar space. I mm -hmm. think there's been new hangars that are getting I, I know. I've had avionics work done there, and that yeah. was exactly the issue. Yep. So I think that's, I don't think they've secured any partnerships um, like we have, like with Global Jet Partners. I was just curious how it would affect your thinking about the project. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? Mm, I'm good. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Chris Coleman. Uh, Chris. Board member. I was just, just wanted to confirm, will this be a 30-year ground lease? That's what we asked for. That's what my existing hangar's on. Okay. I, just wanted to I think we have about 28 years left on it. Okay. Anything else from anybody? I don't be alive in 30 years, but... <laughs> Yes, but it will benefit the city. <laughs> Chin will be, but I probably won't be. Okay. Well, Scott, what should our next step here be? Do we want to, how do we want to manage this? I think we probably need to uh, get the committee organized and, and do some evaluation and find out if there are any more questions or anything. I'm Scott Wagner, airport manager. Uh, you know, tonight, in terms of the agenda, I just have um, received uh, the presentation from the group tonight. I did talk to Sandy Day with our uh, Lawrence Douglas County planning staff in terms of next steps of this project, and uh, it's really getting us a middle um, before planning staff uh, and getting this uh, project moving. Uh, Britt. Crum Kino is on the call tonight with our economic development staff. And um, as Doug mentioned earlier, they're already working with uh, our economic development team on another project, and he, he knows how those submittals work. There'll be plenty of opportunity for this board, I think, once um, things start moving with uh, the Lawrence Douglas County planning staff and some of the rezonings uh, that will have to take place in order for the restaurant use to, to happen uh, to get this back before the board uh, for your recommendation okay. at, at that time. Okay, works for me. Anybody, comments? All right. I just wanted to do what we promised in August and that was come yeah. here first. And well, this is definitely more than we had the first time around, Doug. So, okay, great, thank you very much. Okay. okay. Uh, oh, the only thing I want to add to that, and so I know we've incorporated, I know you have an architectural firm that that uh, the city's working with, that Scott's working with on uh, other improvements mm -hmm. at the airport. We've given a few um, of our wish lists that we'd like to see, excuse me, um, when it comes to the renovation of the existing FBO and parking and some of that stuff. And so we shared that with Scott. And, and uh, just because I, I think it's, it's going to be very important for that existing FBO, you know, to to um, get the much needed love that it's needed since 1984. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Um, so we're excited about that because that's a perfect timing that we're doing that at the same time as we're doing this and, and matches up good. Okay, well, thanks, Doug. Okay, thank you. That's item three on the agenda, if you can stick around tonight. Yeah. What's that? That discussion is item three item tonight, three. if you can stick around. Okay. And, Scott, did you have anything to say about the uh, 
capital improvements projects or um, just a couple brief remarks uh, the board had a rather large packet tonight there were questions raised at the last meeting about where some of our capital improvement projects stood and I promised to get those back on what I thought was going to be a, our November meeting mm -hmm. but since we had a meeting called for tonight I thought it made a lot of sense to go ahead and and package these materials up uh, for you tonight and and start that discussion so I prepared kind of a brief memo to uh, advise the board on our CIP program from earlier this year if you look back on those materials from our February 2nd meeting is when we last looked at our CIP projects and and made those recommendations to the City Commission um, Garver engineering staff helped us with updating those uh, CIP data sheets at, at that time and uh, we got those submitted to uh, FAA we thought we were going to be successful as I reported I think back in May Mm -hmm. um, Brett Holt is here tonight with Garver. We and um, Carl Gontritz on city staff had a very positive meeting uh, with FAA central staff at, at that time and, and thought that uh, at least a couple of our CIP projects would be funded in this next fiscal year. However, as my memo pointed out, we got an email uh, in July of this year just saying kind of what Andy Bodine pointed out at our last meeting when the question was raised that um, the non-taxiway elements of the CIP program just have not fared uh, very well. Uh, and we weren't going to get funded, at least in this next um, fiscal year 23 to 25 time frame. Um, but I've asked Brett Holt who, with Garver uh, to kind of run us through some possible scenarios and hopefully this presentation will be helpful for everyone in terms of um, where we stand with our CIP project lists and the materials tonight does not include kind of the city's half of the CIP projects. We try to mirror as a city our own processes. We have our own CIP project process and CIP list that we try to predict where we're going to get FAA funding for uh, and um, and those materials aren't part of tonight's packet because I didn't want to completely overload you uh, with information tonight. But uh, we are prepared uh, as a city uh, to fund our portion of some of these projects. And I'll turn it over to Brett now and see if he can explain it better. But we have Brett Holt with Garver Engineering. Go for tonight. it, Brett. <laughs> All righty. So, yes, yeah, Scott alluded to the FAA kind of threw us some curveballs this year. Um, so we decided to kind of go back and look at look at some things um, as Scott mentioned the central region um, anything outside of runway projects isn't competing well and they're not having the funds to issue any um, discretionary funding for projects that that aren't runway related so um, we look back at the CIP list and I put together this kind of slideshow here to go over some different funding um, options and scenarios we've looked at to, to kind of figure out what we can do to get some of these CIP projects back on track and, and get things moving. Um, so this first slide here goes over the different funding options or some of the different funding options we have available. Um, the first three there from the FAA, uh, the BIL ATP, which was awarded to Lawrence for just over a million for the, uh, um, or the terminal and uh, parking lot, excuse me. Um, the BIL airport infrastructure, um, Lawrence gets 295000 a year for that. Uh, I think that runs through um, 
2026. Six or seven. And then the non-primary entitlement is 150,000 a year. Um, and that, that's, that'll go um, beyond 26. And then a couple other ones we, we've looked at is the Kansas Airport Improvement Program. Those applications were due on September 30th, and I believe we submitted six for that. Um, they do cap those out at 800,000 for construction projects, and those have a 90-10 match for, for most all of them. Um, I think design's 95-5. And then we also looked at the KDOT cost share program um, when we found out the FAA was pulling out the, uh, the entrance road portion of the, the terminal project that was awarded through the BIL ATP funding. We decided to go ahead and submit a KDOT cost share application for the, the entrance road portion of that project. Um, they ca capped those at uh, 1.2 million, I believe. And that is actually a 15%, a minimum 15% local match on those. And then this next slide here kind of gets more into kind of the breakdown of these different, different funding sources. Uh, the two main ones, the, the non-primary entitlement and the BIL airport infrastructure. Through 27, um, we got about just over 2.5 million in funding from those sources. And then uh, um, Lawrence Regional was awarded a KDOT, uh, or excuse me, a KAIP uh, award for 200,000 um, several years ago. Scott, I can't remember the, the year that was last given. Year. Last year. Um, and I believe that was originally for T-Hanger taxi lanes, but they have kind of agreed to let us use that elsewhere. Um, let's see, I think that touched base on all of those. So jumping into this, we kind of went back through the CIP list and, and looked at the priority projects. And the, the three that kind of stuck out are the uh, um, Parallel Taxiway A and then the GA, GA apron. You mean it? What, do it? You mean move slide? Sorry, Brett. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah you can, you can go ahead. Tell me when to move a slide and I'll do that. Yeah, so the Parallel Taxiway is kind of the I would say the, the first priority. Um, and so we did the, Garver was part of the uh, KDOT um, airport pavement maintenance, or pave, pavement management program. So we did in, inspections on airports throughout the state and put together a, a tool to look at how the airports compare statewide and everything. And these three projects, um, they did not score very well on the on PCI scores, so um, they're getting down into the major rehab and reconstruction areas with their PCI scores. So the first one, and you might explain yeah, PCI. We've PCI. got some new board members, Brett. Sorry to interrupt yeah. again. So basically, they look at all the distresses on the on the pavement um, and input that, and, and it develops kind of a, a score. Essentially, tells you where your pavement's at. Um, Taxiway A out of these three projects is the best at a, I think the average on that was, yeah, 35.6, which is not very good. Um, and being the, being the main parallel taxiway to 1533, I would say puts it at the highest priority out of, out of those three, these three projects. Um, the next one on the next slide is the GA apron. Um, I mean, everybody's seen this one, so with the, the new terminal renovations um, and parking lot going on, 
it would be it would also be beneficial to see what we can do to get this apron done so when you kind of walk out the terminal you got a brand new apron everything looks good um, and then the last one on here are the T-hanger taxi lanes just to the the west um, over by Eurotech I know there's some some drainage issues over there and the, and the pavements really just falling apart there are several sections that um, scored near zero on a on the PCI score um, with the average only being 13.9 then you can swing on to the next slide so this one kind of goes over the FAA's priority ranking system um, and I've got a couple of different projects shown on there the taxiway and the apron um, with discretionary funding not really leaving those top two spots in their priority ranking system. And according to the central region, that's not gonna change um, in the near future. There's not a very good opportunity to get discretionary funding um, for those projects. And I believe probably the airport master plan that we have on the CIP list is probably gonna have the best option or the best chance of getting discretionary funding, but it's still probably not too likely. Um, and then down in the, the bottom right there, these are some of the applications we submitted for uh, the Kansas Airport Improvement Program. Uh, we went with the con partial construction of ta the Taxiway A Rehab. Uh, they fund up to 800,000 for something like that. Then we also did the construction of the T-Hanger Taxi Lanes um, I think that'd be a, a good project to be able to utilize KDOT specs on and not have to go through all the FAA specs and design criteria for that. Um, we also did the construction of taxiway A lighting, the wind cone and the segmented circle, uh, the design and partial construction of the apron, and then the master plan update as well. And then these next couple slides just go through kind of different funding scenarios with the, the money we have available. This first, first slide kind of looks at all of the main projects on that CIP list um, without any additional funding, so no discretionary, nothing from KDOT. And it does include the, the terminal renovations on here as well. And with all of these projects on there, the shortfall is about $4.5 million. Um, so if we were to try to get all these projects done, the city would have to find four and a half million dollars from somewhere else, essentially. Um, and then this next slide just kind of shows what that funding looks like as you go through the years and how it goes below zero. So um, just kind of a visual on that. So then this next slide here looks at if we were to look at taxiway A as a priority, um, this should be able to fund, if we we're able to utilize the previously awarded um, KIP funds, um, this should be able to cover the taxiway A design, construction, and then the master plan update as well. Um, the other option, if we didn't want to use those KIP funds would be to cover the, that additional 172,000. The BIL does allow you to reimburse um, the following year. So you could take the BIL funds that would be available in 26 to reimburse the city for, for holding that additional cost. 
Uh, let's see, this next slide, pretty similar, just kind of shows the, the funding left over after these projects and how, it, how the, the financials look. Um, this next slide here goes over the, if we made the GA apron a priority and decided to tackle that. Um, this would allow us, without utilizing any other funds or the, the KIP funds that have previously been awarded, um, to knock out quite a few projects. So we'd have the design and construction, um, the master plan, and then the T-hanger taxi lanes as well. Pushing those T-hanger taxi lanes off to till 27 might be a little bit of a challenge though, uh, with the condition they're in. And then again, that's kind of just goes over the funding scenarios on the next slide and funding left over after these projects are completed. And then the, the uh, utilizing KDOT and KIP funds, I kind of spun my wheels on this one for a while because there's so many different scenarios we could look at if we were awarded um, any of the KIP funds. The problem is we, those aren't a guarantee, so I don't think we find out till February what projects are gonna get those awards. Um, so I probably could have made five or six different slides that look similar to this, just with different possibilities. Um, but I think moving forward, it'd probably be best to look at the funding we know we have and what we can do with that to, to accomplish as much as possible. And that really <coughs> kind of wraps it up there, but anybody has questions or anything? Anybody? And on the, uh, the pavement scores, mm -hmm. what score do you look at before the city starts becoming liable if something would damage an aircraft. Exactly my question. Because That's I know the taxiways are, are not very good, and the score of, I, it used to be 70 or less was, was not considered a, a good number. And we're not even close to that. We're less than half of that on almost all the pavement that we saw here. Yeah, and I, I would have to do some digging to, to appropriately answer that question when the city becomes liable or anything. Um, but yeah, getting, getting down into those scores, FOD starts to become an issue with pavement breaking apart and, and those taxi lanes are definitely, definitely seeing that, so. Anybody um, who's, anybody who's checking in online? Anybody have a question? Chris, anybody? Okay. No questions. Okay, all right. Thanks. So Scott, who's next? It will. It's back to you, Clancy, in terms of the action for that item. Okay. Um, I don't know what action we need to do on this, except, to, you know, looks to me like we just need to kind of hang around and wait for funding. Well, the action you have before you is to receive the presentation and appointment of the Aviation Advisory Board CIP sub. Oh, that. Okay. Um, sorry about that. I, did, I misunderstood what you were asking me to do. Um, I have a, a strong belief that we need to have a subcommittee to help us evaluate 
some of these this presentation and establish uh, what our priorities need to be. I I would like to have some discussion on that, and then anybody, if you agree, I'd like to have a motion and uh, some volunteers. So. And from a coma perspective, we can have a subcommittee of up to, of up to three. three members. So I would need, I will probably be on the committee with Scott, and I need two more. So I would like to serve. Okay. I would also. Has volunteered anybody else? Okay. Do I have a motion that we make? Do I need, I need a motion, right? Yes. To make this committee. Could I have a, uh, would somebody please make a motion for this committee to be appointed? I would make the motion that we form a subcommittee to look into the CIP projects and prioritize them. Okay. Richard made the motion to appoint the committee. Do I have a second? And can we have the names of the committee members again? Yes. Richard Haig, Tiffany Hall. And Clancy. Yes, Clancy Maloney. Maloney. Okay. Do I have a second? I'll second. I'll second. David. David. Second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. The ayes have it. Okay. Just Scott, real quick. I, I think, think Chris's I, was an aye. It was just moved yeah. too fast. <laughs> yeah, Chris, was, moved yours, to... was yours an aye? Scott, I think there was a comment in the chat. You uh, was, but yes, uh, uh, I was voting aye. Okay, good. Sorry. I'm not used to having to point myself at the microphone yet. Okay. Um, with that, I guess we're looking for the, the next item is the terminal list. Here we go, Mr. Andy. Let me get your presentation pulled up there. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Which has had much machination. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. Any introduction from your part, Scott, or you want me to take it away? No, take it away, Andy. Okay. Good to be here with you all. Um, again, probably about a month and a half since we uh, since we yeah. spoke last. So we've got some updates, and uh, I think the timing of this meeting uh, falls uh, falls nicely. We've uh, yeah. got 90% due to uh, the city on these plans by the end of this week, um, and then still still planning to bid this out here at the end of this month, um, which allows us to get in a position to submit the grant application and and receive that uh, little over a million dollars in in funds for uh, the airport. And we know that that's that's important. So um, I've got a couple of uh, topics here. It's not as uh, painful as it might look, um, but uh, kind of starting things off, I want to talk through a, a couple of funding considerations, um, and I won't walk you through um, kind of some of the same things that, that Brett from Garver walked you through, but um, Scott, you can go to the next slide. Um, what we have seen over the last... Um, really what's got two or three weeks um, is a little bit of a shift in the way that um, FAA is applying their guidance um, and subsequently awarding these funds. Um, when Scott um, and the city originally made their application for this project, they included um, items that were eligible per the FAA's notice of funding opportunity. That included the entrance road, that included the parking lot, that included everything that, you know, we We've talked about previously. About three weeks ago, the, the central region um, reached out to Scott and myself and said that um, during the application process, headquarters had actually scrubbed the um, entrance road and, and really part of the parking lot improvements um, as an eligible item from, uh, from the application overall. Um, the only 
real reasoning that they could give for that is that it's not eligible in the AIP handbook, which is, that's incorrect. Um, that's categori categorically incorrect. Um, it is eligible in the AIP handbook, and it is eligible as an item that is intrinsically tied to terminals. Um, so, you know, Scott and I met with them. We pushed back a little bit, um, and I think we got to to a point where, you know, we, we kind of told these, these guys that, you know, we don't want to have to be giving funds back, right? You know, we, we want the opportunity to be able to use all of the funds that, that you gave us, and you, you gave us the funds based on um, the application for the terminal improvements, the entrance road, and the parking lot. So we got to a, we got to a point where um, they were willing to um, basically allow those funds to be used for part of the parking lot improvements um, and those parking lot improvements that are directly associated with making the terminal a more ADA and accessible terminal um, than than it currently is and so Scott if you want to go to uh, go to the next slide what we're what we're looking at is kind of th this breakdown of, of eligible and ineligible items so the way that we're going to package this up for bid is is we're going to have a base bid that includes all of the items that the FAA has deemed eligible um, for this bill ATP grant which is your just over a million dollars as the base bid. Everything that's ineligible will be its own additive alternate, and everything else that's eligible under your remaining AIP-type funding opportunities, which is your bill AIG funds, or your non-primary entitlement that Brett talked about a few minutes ago, those could be broken out and paid for using, using the other funds that you have available to you from the federal government. Um, Scott, if you want to go to the, go to the next slide. So basically what we're looking at doing is we're going to repave um, and re kind of redefine that island area, um, much like we've always talked about and, and kind of showed you folks um, as we as we worked through this process. Um, but redefining that island area and, and repaving there, what I'm gonna call the terminal frontage, allows us to reconstruct the sidewalk to create ADA accessibility from uh, the handicapped spots that we will we will physically implement in the parking lot um, and kind of start the the process of making it um, more more accessible and more connected to um, not only the rest of the airport functions but also just the the community at large we're continuing to move forward to, to put together a full set of bid documents that includes the rest of the parking lot improvements. You can see still the, the efficient use of space and kind of squaring off the, the parking lot and getting you guys 50% more, more parking spaces. Um, it just remains up to you how, um, how you all fund that. I will say that um, Scott and I are in the process of putting together an application for the second round of ATP funds because the funny thing is, is that regardless of what the what the central region said the headquarters new notice of funding opportunity still allows roadways and parking lots associated with terminals as an eligible item so we're going to go back to the well and ask for 
what we need in terms of, of deficit to be able to make the make the project whole um, and we've communicated that to the central region as well that we plan to, to make that ask so um, hopefully that's you know that that's a yes from them um, but uh, ultimately you've got bill AIG um, non-primary entitlement and then Scott uh, Scott's been working to also submit on uh, k.cost cost share funding as well that could uh, act as a act as a backstop for some of that so if you go to the next slide, Scott, um, that's kind of what we're what we're looking at um, as the base bid. Um, we did want to make sure that in that terminal frontage area, that we physically do full depth reconstruction in the two low lying areas that you have um, that are basically creating ponding. Um, you can see that on the next slide, Scott. Um, because what we don't want to do is repave directly in front of the terminal, make all of those spots accessible, and then have all of that investment ruined through you know subsurface drainage issues. So we want to make sure that we we do full depth reconstruction on either side of uh, that terminal frontage, um, and that's that's going to be part of the base bid as well. Um, we're including things like um, bike racks and two pedestrian gates to, again, kind of create connectivity between um, different areas of the airfield. Um, and so um, with that, I, Julie Wellner, I believe, is on, and I'd like to have her uh, walk through a couple of the um, architectural improvements that, that we'll be making because those are, those are pretty vast, and we've been working with Scott very closely. Um, and some of your stakeholders, um, you know, KU and um, additional folks to, to kind of incorporate some branding elements that we think um, kind of make this terminal, you know, a, a, a KU or a, or a Lawrence staple. So um, with that, I'll turn things over to Julie for a few minutes. Thank you. Hi, I'm Julie Wellner, Wellner Architects. And um, the architectural components of this project are in some degree maintenance and repair projects, and some are modernization and you know, the overarching word is renovation, but we aren't touching all parts of, of the building. So we do have specific areas that we're working on. Um, the most, um, probably the, the piece that is using the most uh, uh, percentage of the budget is the roof. So the, the uh, composite slate roof will be replaced as well as the skylights. And then the other paintable exterior components of your building will be, will be painted. And then on the inside of the building, we are um, we're going to be updating the transaction counter at the FBO desk and um, adding some wall-mounted monitors in the lobby and the conference area. And then the flooring and the paint and ceilings and lights are being updated in a, a fairly high percentage of the space in the terminal building, um, but most, but not necessarily on the east side. So I think we have a, maybe a plan later that we can review on that. But the um, the ADA issues then are at the, the vestibule doors. So there'll be operators added to those doors. And then we're doing um, a little bit of modification to the flooring there to smooth it out and be able to uh, put down walk-off carpeting that's ADA um, acceptable there. And then there are a few alternates, depending on if uh, budget allows them to be incorporated into the project or not, will depend on how the bidding comes in. But we um, are adding one new exterior door from the dining room. And 
then new landscape design and the monument sign, those will all be alternates in the bid. So this um, plan, you, we, this is called the demolition plan. So you can kind of see the nodes that are um, indicating what's being removed. And uh, so the, the, the casework and the kitchenette area and the FBO area is being removed. And then some of the flooring, quite a bit of the flooring. Um, and then we're doing a little bit of work in the dining room. And you can see over there on, on the east side, then the where the new uh, alternate for the storefront entry would go. Yeah, that would be the exterior storefront. And then there is an interior storefront, which is where the cursor was just a minute ago. It'll be an economical place to put it because there's a window there. So we're not, we wouldn't have to do any structural work. We're just re replacing the window with the door. So it might um, might be you know an economic um, amount to be able to to add as an alternate to your to your scope of work once the bids come in. And a few things that we're doing up are also just related to uh, updating the look of the building inside. So removing some of the reveals and some of the steps and the sheetrock, some of the curves, some of the things that we might consider as uh, postmodern, and we're just wanting to make the building look more current. So we don't have a lot of money to spend on that, but we are working on a few of the obvious items like the flared capitals and things that are are inexpensive to fix, but will go a long way with how the building feels inside. And I think I forgot to mention that the skylights are being replaced also when we when we uh, replace the roof. And I think some of you know, we looked at a couple of options for materials for the roof and replacing it like for like with the composite slate is really going to be the most beneficial um, financially uh, for the project. And that, do we have any other architectural slides in this? Okay, this is like, uh, this is the floor plan with the finishes on it. So you can see where um, the updates for the flooring and the ceiling um, and lights are in the spaces where you, you can um, see a poche happening. So if, if, they, if the space is white, that means we're not doing anything in there to those finishes. And we did add a space or two along the way. Some of the, so the, the two offices over on the left weren't really in the initial scope, but we're um, including those to just match basically so that we have lighting and ceilings and flooring in there that are as updated as the other spaces that we're doing. And from a from a flooring and coloring perspective, Scott's been working with KU and a, a few other folks over the last few days, and he's gotten us some updated preferences um, as early as today. And so I've communicated those with with Julie and Tony on the on the Wellner Architect side of things, and we we do plan to incorporate those as part of this. You know, uh, ninety percent submittal and final submittal. Andy, can you show me where the the access door is to the bathroom, the outside access? Yeah, uh, Scott is pointing at it right now, actually. And is that inside or outside the fence? It is outside of the fence. And so we, one of the pedestrian gates that we were talking about is just just north of that, cutting into your fence and putting that person, a, with the person gate? Okay. Yep, exactly. That's what I want to know. 
we wanted to make sure you weren't going to have to go out the full car gate, you know? Well, no, it's Jump you have to drive all the way from my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what determines if it's a chosen or not for the alternate? Is that just a matter of how the bids come in? Yeah, it's, it's a matter of how the bids come in and what funding we put towards the, put towards the alternates. Okay, in case it doesn't qualify, I mean, I think it's a really good idea to have an access door. Um, are there other sources of funding we can go to? I think the I think the access door and the and the gate we're planning to include in the in the base bid, um, the the additive alternates will cover the things that um, you know, by the FA's description, um, aren't eligible for the ATP funding, even though I continue to believe that they are, um, and and we'll use other funding sources for those things. But but we saw and and we worked with Kyle Gonerwitz too, the the project manager for the city, um, on the importance of including bike racks uh, for those that do have hangers and ride their bikes over to the terminal, instituting that access gate and that access that allows you all into the terminal after hours, um, and the other access gate that we're looking at is is off of Bryant Road, um, and create some connectivity um, over by the by the T hangers and hangers as well. May we go? Oh, excuse me. May we go back to the roof? We had quite a bit of passionate um, interjection from one of our hangar participants who really wanted to see us consider solar. Mm -hmm. Is that off the table? Do you recall that feedback as we were kind of talking about that particular area? I do. Um, I think it's one of those things that um, is, is considered somewhat cost prohibitive. Um, there, there are also some nuances to installing solar farms on airports um, or solar roofs on, on airports. Um, you do have to go through a solar glare study um, that has to be approved by the FAA. Um, I would say that, that putting them on a roof um, at an airport, at an open airport like Lawrence, can, can present some challenges. And I also believe, um, and, and I can say this from personal experience, that um, the return isn't as as good as sometimes advertised. So um, I'll just offer that up as well. That is good to know. I'm sure that we will hear back again from that um, party. So I want to make sure that we have conveyed those concerns. Thank you for that. You bet, Tiffany. Uh, two questions. One, uh, the bathroom access is one that I've been pushing for for quite a few years. I think we're mm -hmm. one of the only regional airports that does not have bathroom access after hours. Yeah. And I think that is that is a huge thing and very key. Now, did you say you're going to put another access gate where the sidewalk is on Bryant Way? Or is yes. that part of it? Okay, because that's the other key part that I really think is, is neat. Uh, the uh, discrepancy between central region office and headquarters. Yeah. Is that just this central region that's dealing with that, or are there other regions that seem to, to have that discrepancy? Yeah, we, we've seen it in other regions as well. Um, what, what we've kind of seen is that um, the region has leaned heavily upon um, headquarters' overall decision-making, um, but I think we believe that the region has a little bit more say in things than, than maybe they let on. Um, and that's just me being being forthright with you with you all. Um, you know, headquarters is taking a a pretty firm um, approach to overall accessibility of terminals. And so, if they deemed that you know a particular item didn't fit the the agenda, so to speak, um, it's I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that's the reason that they pulled that off. Thank you. Anybody else? Well, I don't know if Julie completed her presentation yeah. or not. Oh, I'm sorry. 
no worries. I think she's just got one slide left. Uh, I, I do think that those were all the sheets that are included in, in the slide um, presentation. So we, um, oh, no, I'm wrong. It's scrolling. Yep, down. just one more, Julie. There you go. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> so this, this, um, this particular slide then shows the actual ceilings and lights as if you're looking up in the plan. Um, so you can see what rooms are um, darker that show the ceilings and the lights. Those will be where the new construction goes. And then on the right, you see the um, the monument sign. And uh, the sign be by the, the elevation on the bottom right. And um, and we'll get that coordinated with um, with Andy. We have the, the that new door that for the bathroom access indicated as an oh, alternate, but it sounds like it's going to be in the base bit, so we will get that coordinated. I think one thing we haven't shown at all yet is the landscaping. So so we we do have a consultant on our team um, that will be developing a scheme for the landscape um, redesign and. Um, that'll be included in the in the bid uh, as that one is an alternate though. So. Jim, did you have something? Did you guys pick a color for the roof? Um, I think we're a dark red. Is that right? Really for the for the uh, composite roof? Uh, we have to scroll into the notes to confirm that. I'm afraid I'm not sure. The, the intent last we talked was to to kind of mirror some of the buildings on the KU campus. And, and have a red roof to the extent practicable. Um, and so I think that that's what we're planning to move forward with. Um, last time we went with Scott, we presented a couple of different color options um, and we'll make make our final recommendation at the end of this week in the in the 90% plans. Cool. Um, just one, one remaining slide, Scott, um, before any questions, I just wanted to walk everyone through timeline, um, pretty self-explanatory. There's been, been a lot that's happened over the last two months to, to kind of get us to this point. Um, we made it through the, through the planning and zoning process, um, unscathed, um, we're, we're officially approved for the, for the site plan update. Um, and, uh, we're looking at submitting 90% plans end of this week, um, with the intent to have full construction documents by the end of this month, um, and ready to advertise. So um, with that, I'd be happy to take any additional questions that you all have or, or talk through anything that, uh, that you'd like to talk through. Richard, you're losing your trees. I'm losing my trees. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't go with the bird habitat then? Maybe they can take them out carefully and bring them to your house, Rich. <laughs> Um, the one question I have is, did, is there anything um, happening about HVAC? If I missed it, I'm sorry. No, you're because you're. Because that one conference room is just devilishly hot in the summer. Yeah, so what we're doing is um, we're replacing some of the... Um, uh, some of the returns and some of the mm -hmm. some of the vents themselves. We're also putting kind of a coating on the on the windows. Um, HVAC. It, How from, old is it at the airport? I think did Olson go out a, a couple of weeks ago, Julie, to do an inspection mm -hmm. on on that? last week? Yeah, yeah, last week. Yeah, um, and they they found that it was it was still functional. Um, it wasn't it wasn't part of the original scope mm -hmm. as as you all you know kind of made the request yeah. to, to headquarters, and so it wasn't it wasn't included okay. as part of this project. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody um, outside there who's watching? 
not HVAC, but we are replacing some of the fans too, Clancy. So. Okay. What else? Um, I think you can bring it back to the board if there's any additional comment, yeah. and you can open it up to the public uh, yeah. for comment. Okay, the only thing I have to say is uh, about the uh, CIP committee, let's get together and set some, a schedule okay. after the meeting if we can. Okay, uh, anybody in the public comments? Yes, no? Speak now? Okay, uh, the next meeting of the advisory board is November 2nd, and we will revert to our normal format. We'll have the usual reports from Lloyd and Scott and me from the Four States Conference and so forth, so that's where we are. And I guess that's it. Anybody else? May I make a comment? I will not be present at the November 2nd meeting. I wanted to make it okay. open and clear to everybody, and okay. I will be on vacation and not available. We'll, we'll get you to work before that. <laughs> I'm happy to have it. Okay. This is Zoom. We can I do it wherever you are. <laughs> not on vacation. Not in, not in this case. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. I need a motion to adjourn. I need a yes. motion to adjourn. I'll motion do. to adjourn. Yeah. I'll second. second it. Richard seconds. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Chris, aye. Okay, great. <laughs> Chris, Chris's eye is it. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to whoop, slow down. Awesome. Yeah. You did it. I did. Right. Yay. Hey, Lance, do you want to come up here and let's, well, now we can do it. We can do a time. Yeah. Okay. Um.